And so if you got your Bible, the book of John 6, we're going to start in verse 1. If you didn't bring your Bible, you're in luck because we have our big Bible on the screen that you can follow along with. Magical Bible on the screen, ready? All right, so hey, we're going to get started. Here we go. I'm going to read this, verses 1 through 6. It goes like this. It says, Sometimes, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. And then Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Philip, where should we, shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked, this, asked him this to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. We're going to pause right there because um, what, what happens in that same uh, verse, in, in the message version of the Bible, it says that he's, he's asking him this to stretch his faith. To challenge his faith. And, and I love that Jesus already knows what he, what's going to happen. But so many times we have this opinion or we have this thought that he's a needy God. That he's a needy God. And, and I remember times where I questioned, like, why does God need me? Like, I don't know, maybe you've asked this yourself. You're like, why did he's all powerful, all great, all knowing, like, omnipresent, omniscient, omna, omna, omna stuff. And like... All over. And like, why does God need me? You're just like, God, just, just go do it. God, just, just do it. But many times he uses us and he challenges us to stretch us. And I love this same, same part, but verses seven through, through 13, it, continuing the story, it says, Philip answered him. It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to even have a bite. Like he says it with such such, um, it, such, it, it had an exclamation point. So like, however, like such, uh, emphasis, he was like, it would take more than a year's wages to buy bread for everyone just to even have a bite. He, I don't know. But anyways, another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he spoke up and he said, well, hey, here's a boy with, with uh, five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far would that go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place and they sat down. And it says in the Bible, it says there were about 5,000 men there. And historians say that um, only men were counted. But if you added in children and women there, it would equal up to probably about 20, 25,000 people. 20. 25,000 people. That's a lot of people, right? That would fill more than the Sprint Center, right? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, roughly about that many. And so they're all there on this grassy area. And he's like, tell them all to sit down. And then verse 11, he said, Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated, and, and as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they all had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Um, we're kicking off this series this week for the next three week, weeks. It's called um, Jesus is Greater. 
And I don't know about you guys, but I believe that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your problems are, is that Jesus is greater. And that's what we're talking about tonight. And that's what we're going to be going through. And hopefully somehow, some way, you help, I will help you realize and understand and know and put into practice that Jesus is greater than anything in your life. Who's heard this story before? The story that we just read? Yeah, I would say most of us have. Um, I, I love this story. It's a good story. It's a great story. And all, although the gospel of John, like Jesus constantly refers, I, I don't know if you guys have ever read this or, or realized this or understood this, but all throughout the gospel of John, Jesus constantly refers to food. Anybody like, that's my kind of guy. It's like, come on, come on, Jesus. Is Chipotle mentioned in the Bible? Like, but here's the deal. Jesus talks about, he talks about water. He talks about, he talks about bread. He talks about the wine. He talks about the suppers and the feasts and, and the last supper and the woman at the well and so many more things. Jesus talks, he's talking about food. And, and it's like, mm, I like that guy. That's my kind of guy. You talking about food? Let's do it. Let's eat. And so like, I, I think there's a reason. Listen, listen, listen. I think there's a reason. That he says, he says a few times throughout the book of John, he says this. He says, I have come so that you may be full. He says, I've come so you may be full. So you can have a full life. So you can have a, a life more abundant. He didn't come just to give you a little bit, but he came so you could have a fulfilled life. Jesus isn't always talking about the physical need of food. I know he mentions it a lot in the book of John, but he's not always talking about the physical need of food. It's much more than that. He's talking about our heart and our spirit being full. And I wonder how many of us are running our lives, the, the way we run our lives, the way we live our lives, and we're completely starving. I'm not talking about food either. I mean, who's hungry? Yeah. By the way, we're going to McDonald's after church. I'll hook you up with a coupon. <laughs> um, you guys have seen the Snickers commercials, right? You're like, the Snickers commercial, and they say that you're not you when you're hungry, right? You've seen those? I love, they're hilarious. And like how many of us, we live our lives, our daily lives, not who we were created to be. So many of us live our lives not who we were created to be. I don't know about you all, but I, I'm sure um, you have said this statement at one time or another in your young, awesome lives. You've probably said at one time or another, there's got to be more. Has anybody said that? There's got to be more to this life. There's got to be more to this. There's got to be more. Maybe you've said that there, there's got to be more. I think we've all said that. And, and I think what happens is that we pour out our lives so much. We put so much effort into things that don't really matter when it comes to the things of God. And, and the, when it does come to the things of God, they're way down, like on the bottom of the list. It's like school, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, sports, like eating Chipotle, and then God down there somewhere. Like, you know, we, we've got this, all these things that we do. Playing my Nintendo Switch, um, playing my Xbox, you know, whatever it is. And then like, eh, and then there's God. You know, we, we tend to do that. He's way down on the list. And what happens is we've got this, we have this need that we're, we're always like, well, well there's more. There's got to be more. We have this need to be satisfied. We're never really, truly satisfied. 
And I believe that we, we think that a lot of times that we think that Jesus came to the earth to do something for us. But he came to the earth so we could have a full life. See, and, and we're constantly, um, we're like, God, why, why do I have to give? Or God, why do I have to serve? God, why, why, do you, why, why do I have to come to church? Why do I have to even be here? God, why do I have to do? God, why do I have to do all these things? Why do I have to do something for Jesus? And Jesus, he, he's saying, hold, hold up, just a minute, wait. He said, I've come so your life can be full. See, Jesus is greater than your own supply. He's greater than your own supply. He's greater than what you have. He's greater than what you put all your efforts into. He's greater than all that. And so many times we live off of our strengths and our talents and our abilities. And that's where we live in, in our own little bubble, in our own little comfortable area, in our own strengths, in our own powers, in our own, own abilities. So, so for so many of us, we're like, you guys, you're close to the end of your school year. Is anybody excited about that? Close to the end of the school year, you can't wait till it's over. You're just tired. Your your brain is mush at this point. Like you, there there are re, there are relationships that are draining in your life. Maybe you're completely drained because you've been living off of your own supply. Not only did Jesus come to give us a full life, but He came so that we could engage the culture, so we could be involved in the culture. See. Um, Jesus, he, he notices the crowd. Back to our verse, Jesus notices the crowd and he notices that they needed something. That they needed something. And sometimes in our life, we only notice the core. We only notice either myself or only notice my little group of people that I hang out with or we only notice like where we're at and what we're doing. It's all about the core, like who we are, who I am. And and see, Jesus, Jesus he, he noticed roughly 25,000 people who needed him and who needed food. But sometimes in our life, we only like, like look at me. Like, what do I need? Here's what I need. Like, I got to have this and I need this. And, and we only look at the core. We only look at who we are. <clears throat> I think what happens in, when you guys, I say this often, and when you guys hear me say this often, probably weekly, um, begging, pleading you guys to bring your friends <coughs> so they can hear about Jesus. <coughs> I think maybe you're saying to yourself, God, I can't do that. I'm, I'm barely making it myself. Like, I got needs. Like, God, I, I, it's hard for me to invite friends. It's hard for me to tell people uh, about Jesus because I'm barely even making it myself. But I want to ask you a question, like, what are you spending your time on? What are you giving your effort to? What are you putting your energy into? See, all throughout Scripture, Jesus, he's constantly reteaching his disciples. He's constantly challenging and reteaching them. And even through my life, God is constantly reteaching me, challenging me. Over and over. And so many times we were wrestling with God and we're like, why, God, are you always trying to get me to do something for you? Why, God, why are you always challenging me? And thank you so much, 
trying to get me to, why are you trying to get uh, me to do something for you? And, and you got to know um, the, the life that you think you're living. That's not why you're here. That's not why you're here on this earth. See, I, I really feel um, the effort that we use, the, the, we, the effort that we put towards a lot of things in our lives is still leaving you hungry. It's still leaving you not satisfied, still leaving you empty. But you got to know, like a life centered around Jesus is a full life. It's a blessed life and you will be fulfilled. It's so funny because in Matthew 14, uh, verse 15, and, and what this is, uh, it, it's, it's basically the same story that we just read, recorded in another book of the gospel of Matthew. And it says, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, there's a remote place. And it's, this, this is a remote place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And so Jesus, <clears throat> he sees the crowd. But the disciples see themselves. See, Jesus sees the crowd. He sees the people in need and, 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 and needing something. And the disciples, they just see themselves. These people, um, they're like, tell these people to go home. I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I'm hungry too. Like, tell them all to go home. And like, how often do we ourselves do this? How often do we do this? Like, we see a crowd. Or we, we see even a person in need but all we care about is our core. All we care about is ourselves or our little group of friends. See, the disciples had most likely at this point in time been with Jesus for over a year and a half at least. And, and in the end of the book of John, it says, it says that there were actually so many miracles that Jesus performed that they couldn't possibly write them all down. Wouldn't it be cool to know what all those were? Like you see a list and you're like... That is so awesome. Like it says in the book of John, there are so many more miracles that they couldn't even record. They couldn't write them all down. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And these guys, these disciples traveled and they went everywhere with Jesus. And they saw all of these things. I wonder how many miracles they saw Jesus do. Um, But even after walking with him and even after knowing Jesus' heart and knowing who he is, that he still had to remind them that you're still looking at yourself and there's a crowd that needs you. I want you to write this down. I want you to know this. Our supply will always fall short, but Jesus has the surplus. See, our supply will always fall short, but Jesus has the surplus. If you remember what we just read a moment ago, what Philip says, Philip, he responds back to Jesus because Jesus asked him, he's like, hey, Phil, what should we do? And Philip's like, he's like, Jesus, like six months wages couldn't pay for everyone just to even have a bite. And after Jesus had had done the miracle, there were so many baskets of food left over, like people were full, 20, 25,000 people, and they end up having baskets left over. See, in your own strength, you'll fall short unless you rely on Jesus. But Jesus has a surplus. You got to look beyond your logic. I want you to know that. You got to write that down. Look beyond your logic. In John 6, verse 7, it says, Philip answered him. 
It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. See, Jesus looks specifically to Philip. Philip, how how are we going to feed all these people? Philip, how are we going to do this? And Philip answers with a logical answer. This is logical. It gives a logical answer. It's going to take six months' wages to give everyone just a single bite. See, I wonder, are we like this? Like when Jesus taps you on the shoulder, he speaks to your heart, and he says, I want you to do something for me. And we answer back logically like Philip did. We answer with this impossible mindset. It it can't happen, God. I'm not enough. I'm not smart. I don't know the words to say, God. I don't have all the answers. I don't have six months wages. I, I, I can't do this, God. And so we start giving these logical excuses. I don't speak well in public. Or I don't speak well at all. Like, uh, and, you know, and like we start giving these logical excuses. And I wonder how many people hear that God asks us to do something. And what gets in the way is our self-logic. I'm not enough. I'm not gifted enough. I don't know enough people. Uh, I, I don't have. I don't go to those types of schools. I, I, I'm homeschooled. I, I like. I, I'm not talented enough, or I'm not popular enough, or whoa, whoa, I'm too popular, and and my reputation might be jeopardized. What's incredible to incredible to me is even Philip's suggestion is small. His response, it's small. Like if we gather six months of our wages, of our money, worth of money, then we could give everyone one bite. See, think about this. How often do we rely on ourselves and it's so unsatisfying? See, think about what Philip had seen the past couple years. Walking with Jesus, being with Jesus, seeing the miracles, experiencing, just having conversations with Jesus, walking with him, being around him for two years, miracle after miracle after miracle. But Jesus is still trying to stretch his faith. See, students tonight, I want to challenge you that what I believe that God is trying to do here at Emerge Youth Church and what he wants to do in your life is he's trying to stretch your faith. He's trying to stretch your faith. He's asking you to believe beyond yourself. See, because we put limits on ourselves. Like, oh, I can't do that. Um, I'm not tall enough. That's my limit. Um, like, like I, I don't speak well in front of people. Like, I, I, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really shy. Or I, like we put these limits on ourselves, but you have to believe beyond yourself. See, when you begin to say, God, stretch my faith beyond what I can do, beyond my logic, beyond who I am. I, I wonder how many times that God has tapped you on the shoulder and said, would you go talk to that person? W- would you do this? Would you do this for me? And he taps you on the shoulder and he asks you to do something and you've wrestled with him. See, what Jesus was trying to do with Philip was was trying to get him to look beyond himself. He was trying to to get Philip. uh, Well, I want you to think, students, I I want you to think. um, I, I, I think Jesus is asking you guys the same thing. He's asking you to look beyond yourself. Look beyond your limits. 
Look beyond who you are and see the crowd and see the people. In order to do that, you have to approach with the audacious. You have to approach it with the audacious. We all know these people. um, you, You guys know these people who, when they're in a crowd, they say dumb things. You know what I'm talking about. Or they do dumb things. You guys know those people, right? They say dumb things like when, when you first meet them and they, they say something that's absolutely ridiculous. And you're like, what? And, and like all the time, you guys know people who say dumb things like don't point fingers. Like just the, the first couple times they say something and you think they're joking. And then after a while, you're like, oh, um, you, you really think this way. Like, what? And, and so, here to, in, in the midst of 20, 25,000 people, people, uh, Jesus looks to Philip and he goes, Well, hey, Philip, um, how, how are we going to feed them? And Philip gives his logical answer. Well, gets out his calculator. If my calculations are correct, we could spend uh, six months uh, wages and uh, we could probably get everyone one bite. He's got his pocket protector. Like he's figuring it all out. He's very logical. And then I love how this story continues because Andrew steps up. He wasn't even invited into the conversation. He wasn't even a part of this because Jesus was asking. Jesus should have been like, hey, ABC, got IB conversation. See you way out. Like, no, no, no. Andrew steps in. And, and maybe he thinks that Philip's answer wasn't good enough. Maybe he, uh, but he steps in and he says, well, hey, here's, uh, here's five barley loaves and a couple of fish. But then he's like, but, but like, you see the crowd, like how far will they go among so many? See, Andrew, he says the dumbest thing. Uh, 25,000 people, um, I, I got a bottle of water. Everybody can have a touch. But he's like, 25,000 people. Oh, well, Jesus, um, hey, here's some bread and, and uh, uh, five loaves and two fish. And Andrew, he says the dumbest thing. And he walks up after hearing this conversation and he shows up with the bread and the fish. And and Philip just said, like, this is going to take six months of wages to feed all these people one bite. And Andrew's like, I got some bread and some fish. I actually stole them for this little kid over here. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. Thou shalt not kill. Um, Now, here's the deal. I'm not Jesus. I'm not. I wouldn't be a good Jesus. Um, as you can tell, um, but like he's already had the suggestion of six months, six months wages that Philip had come up with. He's already had that suggestion. And, and then Andrew comes up and he's like, I got some bread and some fish. Um, I would probably slap Andrew in the face. (laughs) Like you have those people in your life where um, they suggest something or they say something or they do something and you're like, no, no. Like, you're not allowed to talk anymore. No, just stop, zip it, stop, stop talking. And that's like, like, don't ever talk again. Just stop. Like, don't. 
And like, honestly, I, I, I feel, I don't, I don't feel like Andrew was the dummy here. Maybe Andrew actually got it. Maybe Andrew actually understood Jesus. He's been with Jesus for a couple of years. He's seen great miracles. And in the moment, he, he, Andrew hears Jesus ask Philip that question. And G, Philip gives a lame answer. And, and so Andrew looks at a crowd of 20, 25,000, grabs the bread and fish and, and goes to Jesus. And he's like, I, I know this isn't much, but you could use this. Everyone gets a crumb. And I wonder how many students here tonight, you've been afraid to suggest what you have to offer. You've been afraid to suggest what you have to offer because you feel like it's not enough. Or you feel like that it's not good enough. Nobody will want it. See, Philip, he's obviously smarter. He's obviously a, a pretty smart guy. Um, he did the math, got his calculator out, was like flipping the rocks, you know, whatever. And, and Andrew just walks up and he's like, uh, I got some bread and some fish. And, and Jesus, he's saying, I don't need to know what you can factor. I want to know what your faith can look like. If you'll just bring me what you have, I'll bless it. So many people stay just in that world of logic. What I have and what I can do. And we look at like what I have and what I can do. Is it worth it? Is it? But we need to have that simple faith that says, God, you know what? I don't have much. I'm not super talented. I'm not super popular. I don't have a whole lot. I'm, I'm not really smart. I don't have a whole lot of money. But God, I give you what I have. I give you what I have. And you know what? When you have that attitude, he'll bless it. He'll bless you. Andrew sees this moment to be a part of the audacious, to take this huge step. And when you step out of, in faith like that, I believe that God will bless it. Be audacious. Look beyond the logic. Approach with the approach the, with audacious. And the last thing I want you to know is this. Don't watch the miracle work it. Don't watch the miracle work it. John 6, 11 through 13, it says this. Jesus then, after Andrew's suggestion, Philip made his suggestion. Mm, it was all right. Me. Seems like a nice guy. And then um, Andrew came and made his suggestion with the loaves and the fish. And watch what happens. Jesus takes the loaves and he gives thanks. And he distributed to those who were seated as much as much as they wanted. He did the same thing with the fish. And when they had all had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled how many baskets? Twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over. Um, by those who had eaten. See, some of us are reluctant to take steps of faith for Jesus, but Jesus is saying, if you'll feed the crowd, I'll make sure you're taken care of. If you'll take that step of faith, I'll make sure you're taken care of. 
See, you got to imagine the disciples, they had, they had just had a full day of doing ministry, of, of ministering to people, of doing things. You got to imagine that they were hungry too, and they, they, they wanted to send everyone home. But Jesus said, whoa, 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 you help the crowd, and I'll help you. You help others, and I'll help you. I wonder how many of, a, how many of us in this room right now are just saying, Jesus, help me. And Jesus saying, whoa, you help them. And I'll help you. See, after the disciples fed the crowd, there ended up being 12 baskets full. 12 baskets full. And, and the number 12 is, is, has significance because there were 12 disciples who were all saying, send them home. Send these people home. Like they can go buy their own food, get them out of here, send them home. All 12 of the, the disciples. And so Jesus shows us to look beyond the, the logic. And to have this audacious faith and, and to give them what you have. See, in an attempt to feed those who were hungry, um, when you feed those who are hungry, when you, when you bless those who are in need, when you look at the crowd, not just at yourself, there will be enough left over. There will be enough left over. I've heard it before, like, why do you always talk about reaching people? Why do, you, why do you always talk about inviting people? Why do you always talk about bringing your friends? What about my needs? I have one, like, I've got things in my life. You need to know this, everyone in this room, you need to know this. Um, I, I care about your needs deeply. I care about what's going on in your life deeply. If, if you've ever talked to me and asked me to pray for you, I do. If you've ever sent in a text to our, our text line. We send it out to our leaders and we all pray for you. We all care. We all know you have needs. And, and we, we all pray for you. We all care for you. Or anytime that I know something that's going on in your life, I pray for you. You need to know that. And I really think here is that Jesus is trying to teach us to look beyond ourselves. Look beyond our needs and see others. Let me ask you tonight, are you Andrew or are you Philip? I know you're Andrew all the time. But in this term, are you Andrew or are you a Philip? I'll almost guarantee that every one of you, if you're a believer of Jesus and and you're in a place where there's lost people, people who don't know Jesus, that God has tapped you on the shoulder And he said, how are you going to feed these people? How are you going to talk to these people? What are you going to do about it? Maybe he's dropped in your heart someone here on a Wednesday night or or walking down the hall at school or, or in the band room or in the locker room or in the math class or wherever it is. And Jesus, he'll speak to your heart and he'll say, see all these people? They're hungry. They're hungry for something. They need me in their lives. How many of us we have we responded like Philip? Oh man, uh, it's going to take so much work. Like, but I, I wonder how many of us will respond like Andrew. God, I, I know this seems crazy, but here we go. Let's do it. I, I think many of you feel like that you've got to be totally secure 
in, in what you have to offer, in who you are. You've got to be totally secure in this biblical knowledge to be able to talk to people. You, I think a lot of us, we feel like it's going to take all this work and all this knowledge, and you've you you got to have so much to offer, and you've got to be so knowledgeable. But I think, I really know, and I really feel that Jesus is asking us, he's simply asking us to take a step of faith. To just take a step of faith. And as you do, he'll completely bless it. There's been many times in my life where I've battled back and forth with God. He's tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to do this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about this, God. I, 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 don't, I don't have all the answers or I don't know. All the, I'm, I'm inadequate. But you know what? Let's do it. And, and I guarantee you guys, every time I've stepped out there and I've taken that step of faith, God has put the words in my heart. He's put the words in my mouth. He's given me opportunities. He's opened doors and people have responded. When I take that step of faith, I feel so inadequate so many times. But as I take that step of faith, God's right there. Stepping with me, giving me the words to say, giving me opportunities, giving me open doors, giving me moments. I I don't have much. I'm not very smart. I don't know it all. But let's go, God. Let's do it. See, reading this story, if we could have our our band come back up. Reading this story, um, I've never caught this before. And I want to share this with you guys real quick. But when Jesus, when he broke the bread and he he gave it out to his disciples to distribute. um, See, you need to know this. When he did that, the bread wasn't more like it didn't multiply at that time. He just they just had pieces of bread. It didn't multiply then. Jesus didn't break the bread and all of a sudden it turned into this huge serving tray. It was just a small piece of bread. See, I I wonder if they had at this moment, the disciples at this moment, they were looking at their small piece of bread and they were like, I feel like an idiot. But okay. But all right, Jesus. So they go to the first person and they they give him this this piece of bread. And then they go to the next person. and, And then all of a sudden they look and there's bread in their basket again. And they're like, oh, okay. And then so their faith starts building a little bit more. And they're like, oh, well, here's some bread. And, and then here's some bread. And they look back and there's more bread in their basket. Well, and then and here's some bread. And so they start going. And as they're giving out bread, their basket's being filled up more and more and more. They're going to the next person and to the next person. And, and how many of you guys, like, if you share a bite of your food with someone... You're like, you're holding out and you can like, you're like, if you share a bite of your food and like, you can only bite of this corner. Like, don't you freaking bite any more than that. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't like to share my food. So if I'm going to share it, you're, you're getting a little edge piece. And, it, and it's not like you need to know. It's not like the disciples were walking around and giving out bread pieces and they're like, whoa, whoa, you got too much. No, you got to, the Bible says that they were, they, they said, eat as much as you want. Eat all you want. See, I want to challenge you tonight that don't just witness the miracles, work the miracles. 
Be a part of the miracles. See, I, I think a, a lot of us are like, uh, if I say no to God, um, God won't be able to reach my school. And that's not true. Here's the deal. If you're not willing, God will find an Andrew. He'll find someone who is. And he'll use them. If you're going to sit and watch the miracle, someone else is going to work it. Don't just sit and watch the miracle. You need to work the miracle. I want everyone to stand. Tonight, you may be here and and you may be here tonight and and you don't know this Jesus that we talk about and you would like to. And and here in a moment, I'm going to call all of our leaders up here to the front and and they're going to be standing along the front here. And then I'm going to call everyone else up. And if that's you, you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted him into your life, you've never asked him to be the Lord and the leader of your life, and you would like to tonight, as I call everyone else up, would you just take three or four more steps, grab one of our leaders, and we would love the opportunity to pray with you to accept Jesus into your life tonight. So for the rest of you, also as we come forward, if you need prayer about anything at all, maybe you need a healing in your life, Maybe your home life is wrecked. Maybe your grades are bad. Hey, it's getting to the end of the school year. Like you, you got to do something. Maybe, I, I don't know, your relationships are tough. If you need prayer about anything at all, maybe it didn't have to, to do with anything we talked about tonight. Also, when I call everyone else up to the front, you just take a couple more steps. Grab one of our leaders and we'll pray with you tonight. Finally, tonight, this is it. If our leaders could go ahead and come up. Tonight, if you're here and, and if you're hungry and you decide you, you desire to work the miracle, not just watch it happen. You want to work the miracle. You want to be a part of the miracle. You don't want to just sit back and watch them happen. Like it, when I call everyone up, I would just want to challenge you be, to begin to sing, to begin to worship to begin to give God all of your praise and begin to ask God to stretch your faith. Begin to ask God to challenge you. Tell God you just you don't want to just watch the miracles. You want to work the miracles. See what happens with these disciples is they were passing out the food and they're working the miracle. They're working the miracle. Like they're, they're passing out the first time, the second time, the third time. And like just the bread and the fish is just somehow just multiplying in the basket. And then the hundredth time. And then the seven hundredth time. And then the seven thousandth time. The, the seventh per, seven thousandth person. Like they are working the miracle. See, I wonder how many of us, we ask God to just, to, God, you just do it. God, you do it. But Jesus is asking you tonight to stretch your faith. He's asking you tonight to stretch your faith. He's asking you to work it. He's asking you to step out and do something. And what seems like so small and what seems so insignificant, just start passing it out. Just start passing it out. Just start giving the love of God to others. Just start sharing the love of God to other people. And guess what he'll do? Guess what he'll do? He will bless you. He will grow it. He will multiply it. I don't know about you guys, but I just want to see one of your friends come to Christ. I want to see 5, 10, 15, your whole football team, your whole basketball team, your band, whatever. I want to see them. God, if, if you just step out, God will begin to multiply it. He'll begin to use that. He will use your faith. 
You just have to begin to work it. You'll see the miracle. You'll see the miracle. I wonder how many students tonight will say, I don't, I don't want to just sit around. I, I don't want to just witness the miracle. I want to work the miracle. Are you going to be a Philip? Or are you going to be an Andrew? Tonight, we're going to sing. And as we begin to sing, I just want you guys to come forward. And, and as I said, if you need to accept Christ tonight, come on up, grab one of our leaders, and we will pray with you. If you need prayer about anything tonight, come up. We would love to pray for you. But for any, everyone else, anyone, everyone else, let's just begin to come forward. And as we begin to sing, just begin to raise your hands. Just begin to close your eyes. You can move. Come on. Just begin to close your eyes, begin to raise your hands, just begin to cry out to God.